You're tuning in to Stellar Cycles, hosted by Alina Salza and Eva Brown. Join us weekly as we delve into the science, spirituality, and cultural significance of our feminine cycles. Get ready to align with your natural rhythms, take charge of your patterns, and embrace a holistic approach to feminine wellness. Are all systems go? All systems are go. Hey everyone, and welcome to our very first episode of Stellar Cycles. And let's just get right into it. We are going to be talking to the ladies uh, about, you guessed it, your cycle. By that, we mean the all encompassing uh, process of being a woman from your period to your follicular phase, your ovulation. And of course, the final phase when everything slows back down, your hormones drop and you restart your cycle. So that's just kind of the cycle that we're going to be talking about. I think we became really passionate about this. Uh, Of course, a lot of self-development, but really over health and wellness. And over the years, we started to really tune into our cycles. So we're just going to give you guys a bit of a background on each of us and what gives us The desire to talk about this, what gives us the, um, I guess, the creds to talk about these things, whether that's from our own trial and error or from our education or self-education professions. So we've kind of compiled a lot of, I guess, evidence over the past few years, and we're going to be bringing it to you. So Eva, do you want to tell me about your background I know you mentioned that we met and kind of bonded over wellness and kind of holistic things, but I really want to know more about your background and kind of where your interest stems in the feminine wellness and kind of like why you wanted to do this podcast with me. So first for me, I mean, even even goes beyond feminine wellness. It go, it started really just with basic wellness. I think it was really being young, being brought up in poverty and having like a lot less than anyone else around me. I was always like fascinated with like, how can I tap into those like higher energies? So like at a young age, I would look at something like... Mm if I was sick often and other people weren't, I'm like, well, there has to be something here. Like, what's the Mm. link? Like, I always know you can figure out anything. So growing up, I had that passion to do so. And then first I did it in business for many years. And then what really triggered wellness for me was when I saw my dad just get incredibly sick from his fourth cancer. And then um, shortly after when he passed, I really took a step back and weaned myself off of being a workaholic working 24 mm. 7 for the past 10 years because I was really just thinking that um money and success was going to be um the most important thing for me um but after you see someone's life force dwindle from them you really look back and understand that money is actually not the biggest priority what really is is your health 
And after he passed, I was having all these weird symptoms in my like body, whether if it was like hiccuping multiple times a day and just weird mm-hmm. things like this. Mm-hmm. I go to the doctor. The doctor um, asked me a stream of like stress-based questions. And then we determined that I had chronic stress, mm-hmm. which was so weird for me because- Was that surprising I, for you to learn? Totally. I never thought I was stressed. I always thought that- Um, I never believed in stress. I thought stress was a state of mind, Mm. nothing to do with the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mind mind has nothing to do with the body, right? Right. And then you like, and I was always into yoga. I was into the mind body connection, but of course, like you don't know what you don't know. And everything that I learned always compounded on top of each other. So after that moment, I read a lot of different books, like Body Keeps the Score, or um, a lot of things on like from Dr. Joe Dispenza, who Mm -hmm. talks about the mind-body connection. But ultimately, we all know stress is the number one killer for uh, the world. I mean, every disease, cancer, all of that is stemmed from stress. So when I learned that, I really started like slowing down. I really started focusing on my health, meditating, lowering my cortisol like levels inside of my body and um, just kind of evening out. Um, but it takes years to do that. When you have chronic stress, like it's years yeah. to recalibrate. But that's actually what led me into uh, my cycles because from there, I realized that my hormones are changing every week um, and I wasn't flowing with my hormones. I was fighting against them. I was doing what society has always told us to do, which is um, if you want to get in great shape, well, work out twice a day and eat like only protein and da da da. All the I, things that led you to the chronic stress in the first totally, place. Right. Yeah. Like not everyone's designed to be like to be in the same box. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we um how we operate today is based off of what men, uh, what's good for guys and for their hormones and their systems, because theirs is very linear. But the conversations haven't ever um, been directed towards women and what's actually good for our systems, which is like the phases. It changes um, four times a year. And I think any girl can relate to how anytime that they do talk about our cycle or do reference our cycle, it's in a negative light. It's when you are unhappy or when you are mispleased reasonably oh or yeah when you it's it's the, oh are you on your period that's the PMS time the only time that it comes up you know <laughs> like you're clearly moody but yeah like we are and i think that's what makes um women so beautiful is the fact that we do have this great capacity of emotions and you you guys will hear me talk a lot about feminine and masculine energy and we'll get more into it later but like feminine energy naturally is more in touch with emotions and it, part of our period and our cycle is to help help us experience those emotions on a grander mm-hmm. scale and i think that's something to be celebrated yeah moody or not yeah. I'm like, we my make mood life is interesting <laughs> right we totally make life interesting we are here to validate all of us women that our our cycles are needed our moods are Mm -hmm. valid and there's a place for us yeah and not only that but when you tap in and you'll be able to do this once you've been tracking your cycle for a little bit and seeing your own patterns but you will be able to use that in life and not feel like you're constantly swimming against the current mm-hmm. of like energy of yes they will be able to hack into their lives i i know a lot a lot about um kind of how you got here and oh you're the gosh. one who got me here right you are always so passionate 
<laughs> about not being on birth control and always telling me what it was. And it, I mean, it was you who took me off of that. I mean, really? Yeah, I, I feel I was, like you just told me one day that you're going off of it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that I made. A, yeah. That I wore you down. Oh my like, God. you know, I mean, we would always talk about it. And finally, I was like, you know, today's the day. I don't really need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, luckily, I was only ever on it for like two years. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I mean, I just remember feeling like immediately happier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) So tell me about how you got started in all of this. Honestly, it all goes back to childhood. Always. Always goes back to childhood. And (laughs) well, I did want to ask you, how did you have that like perception that like you could have access to higher energies or that like, for example, like you said, when you were getting sick and other people weren't and you were Mm -hmm. like noticing that because like, I don't know if children really, maybe some of them do have because kids are very perceptive, but What do you think it was about you that caused you to notice those things? Hmm. Well, I think mindset truly is everything. And this is why I love the mind-body connection so much because I think it dictates a lot of how our physical body shows up. So if you always think you're sick, then you're Mm -hmm. going to be sick. Or like for my COVID is in the mind. (laughs) Yeah, like literally, right? Um, Especially now, like now I never get sick, but also it's a mindset, right? And also I'm like listening to my body too. But back then... I mean, I was just constantly around sickness, right? So like my dad had a lot of sickness. My mom did too. She had diabetes and a lot of other stuff. They were smoking cigarettes every day in the house. So I was just surrounded by that. Mm -hmm. And I think what helped me realize that there was better ways out there was because my dad gave me really good mindsets growing up. And he was always like um, things like see the best in everything or... um, Let's see, like put your best foot forward or he would tell me things like, you know, you create your life or um, if you see a problem, there's always a solution. And those little things would like soak into my mind. So when when I was sick all the time, I was like, well, what the heck? Like, what's the solution to this? Like, this doesn't make sense. When you start to look around at other people and Mm. you realize like my reality is not theirs, Mm. there has to be a way to... um, to change manipulate this. that yeah. yeah and and every time i think through like testing and trial and error you start to figure it out mm-hmm. from my background let's get into it i as a kid i've always had this interest in the taboo like the things that weren't talked about like even as a very very like three-year-old four-year-old i like understood that there was something going on that the adults didn't really talk about but that was like very very present in everyone's lives whether that was like sexuality or period so i always kind of knew that and then i remember being in first grade i was at a very small school and i really liked drawing so i actually got in trouble for drawing naked people at school and i I actually didn't i didn't i didn't think i was doing anything wrong though you know i was just like that was my interest and i just was interested in anatomy and then one day i come home And my teacher is there with like one of those um, brown grocery bags. And I'm just like, what is going on now? My parents, my teacher were good friends. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is extra embarrassing. But basically she starts taking all these drawings out of the bag that were in my desk at school. And I just remember it being such a like shameful experience. Like all these adults, like you shouldn't do this. You know, this is bad. Like you're, you know, and so that was that. 
moving on to after that yeah so that was like kind of first grade after that i would remember rummaging around in like our bathroom and there was like pads in there and i at this point had no idea what they were for i was like there's things in here that we don't use like as a family i don't <laughs> know what they're for so i like un i opened one and i like literally stuck it sticky side <laughs> to like the outside of my body <laughs> and my mom comes in and she's like what are you doing but she wasn't like mean or like you know Mm -hmm. didn't get me in trouble she took a little piece of paper because my mom let's be honest she was like helping people deliver babies with like Mm -hmm. midwives she was she knew this shit so she gets a little piece of paper and she draws like a uterus with a little fallopian tubes and she was like this is what's gonna happen to you and she drew the little droplets of blood like coming out of it chills i know so that was that but also my parents they had this book about puberty that one of their family marriage therapist coach person that they knew um had written a lot a lot of books in her lifetime she was awesome her name was nancy van pelt and so she wrote a book for kids who are going to be going through puberty which is honestly such a great idea if you like think about it so many people's parents straight up don't talk to them about this stuff which is honestly the root of most of these problems i was reading this book and that book definitely explained really well like what girls go through what boys go through what sex is i think that's like literally when i was nine and i was reading that book that's when i like learned what actually like sex is you know when you're a kid your mind is kind of like oh like what is it what is it and it's like not really quite clear yet but at that moment it became clear and then it also talked about pregnancy and like you know when how the egg gets fertilized so at nine years old i had like a wealth of information about this (laughs) stuff now, it made me very excited to start asking all the older girls about their periods, <laughs> which I'm sure you can imagine was not very well received. It's kind not of like a no. It was like a oh my god, like why are you asking me this? Don't ask me this. And it made me feel so bad because I was like as a girl, it made me first of all feel disconnected from other girls. Number two, it made me feel scared that it's this thing that like you're not supposed to talk about. Is no. it going to be that bad, you know? So, yeah, I would just get sternly shut down, I would say. And then as far as my own period, yes, we're going to talk about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider myself a pretty late bloomer. I got it when I was 14. So eighth grade. Same. Same. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's late blooming. Um, I feel like 15 is even later oh, sometimes. 15 is later. I remember in eighth grade, like I was one of the last girls to get my period. The other yes. ones were in six like 10, or seven. Yeah. yeah. 10, 11 is kind of, Whoa. yeah, for the other girls. I even remember like trying to use a tampon for the first time in middle school. <gasps> that was terrifying. It was so terrifying because I don't know. Did I not read? My reading comprehension back then was like not as good. Did I not look at the instructions? But girl, I put the entire thing and with the applicator like the, with the plastic yeah and so i went back to class and i was like sitting there i was like literally about to oh pass out God. yeah and then i went back and i just took everything out it's like this sucks pads only from here on out but i still yeah. i still did try them a few more times i was definitely forbidden to talk about it with my brothers that was the thing in my household oh. it was like do not like do not ever let a man know you're on your period do not ever let him see a pad it was like very protective of them no wonder why men are so weirded out that's what i'm this. saying yeah mind you i have a great story for later about matt and i's like first uh dating experience uh-huh. and yeah he had to go fishing for a tampon one time oh we'll tell God. that later <laughs> now here's something that i noticed being in middle school right 
this is just when your period is starting out you're like noticing how other people deal with their periods and i started noticing that other girls their moms would like allow them to stay home from school or like home from church or like these things that were like very heavily social events and they would just get to stay home and i think like even my own mother kind of played into like my belief over this, but I was like, wow, they're so like weak. You should just like be able to suck it up and like take an ibuprofen and just go to school, go to work, you know, like, so I definitely looked down on them. But at the same time, I was very jealous that I was not permitted the space to experience my period and to just feel the things that I just had to suck it up work and go it. and just yeah, work through it. And that energy. everyone else like, you know, can just say stupid things like, oh, you're on your period, but and not have to make any adjustments themselves so yeah i was it was around that time that i started to accept the ideology that women are meant to suffer through the means of having a period and also so much else in life i had this one experience in high school though where i showed up to high school in the morning absolutely bleeding through my jeans and this guy from my class told me in the absolute nicest way about it so shout out to him. We're not going to say his say? name. It's like those jeans look great on you, by the way, but you might want to go wash I don't, them. I literally don't remember, but I, all I, I don't remember what he said. And here's what's so important. But I do remember that he didn't let me feel like shit about it. That's intentions, everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No shame around any of these things. Right. So, you know, going into college, then I was kind of going into like the medical healthcare kind of direction i was taking anatomy and physiology classes i was learning more about the human body that was super fun and exciting um going into ultrasound school now it was like here in ultrasound school that i was it was so like women's cycle focused because you know there's so many pelvic ultrasounds that they have to do in healthcare that i was like starting to learn that like all these things that should absolutely be women's knowledge like the the real details of your cycle, the which hormones are active when, why you don't feel like working out like the last week of your cycle, you know, all of these things. And it was around the same time that my very good friend was like going through her endometriosis kind of journey, you know, back at home and just kind of trying to deal with that and going to all these doctors, having these appointments, you know, even having surgeries. So for me, back then, like my ultrasound thing was kind of incongruence with our friendship it was like kind of like i'm gonna figure this out because this is my friend i really care about her situation and but why not spread that out to like everyone you know and that kind of ends me with like being a healthcare employee in the hospital and seeing all these women with reproductive conditions that honestly have only been popping up since the advent of birth control pills we we all see the warnings like blood clots um cancer this and that but like we're just now seeing the women who were starting to use birth control when it first came out, like in the 50s and 60s. Now they're coming into the hospitals with all these cancers and cervical this and ovarian that. And like, how come none of this was really an issue like 100 years ago? These things are out to get us. They are out to get us. So how can this be preventable so that less people end up here with surgery as their only option? So basically what I came to realize is a majority of women have no clue what their cycle is meant to do for them, let alone what what phase they are in. Also, I'm really happy that you have the medical background, like that you went to school for all of this. And like, obviously, I can read all the books all day long, but it's just night. Like, at the end of the day, people like the certificate, the degree. Really, the thing that worked for me the best is seeing that I went from writhing around on the floor the first day of my period, like in absolute pain, screaming bloody murder, like 
wondering if wow. my neighbors neighbors could hear me. No Tylenol, no nothing would help unless it was like Ketorolac from the Mexican pharmacy Jeez. that you get on vacation. I went from that to now, like my period started like two days ago and I got just like a little bit of cramps. Yay. And that's like such a huge difference without any pharmaceuticals, without, you know, just really, really um, mindfully watching and just making really tiny reasonable changes that were easy to implement and Mm -hmm. to continue doing them and i'm just like if i can do this for myself then there's got to be other women that we can yes help guide through that yeah i'm so excited to share all of this with them because honestly it's a game changer if you can have your period like that just from eating a little bit better or being mindful about the nutrients Mm -hmm. in a specific week done sign me up so basically what we're going to be bringing to you guys every single week, we're going to be dropping on Mondays mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about the different phases of your cycle, the different foods that you eat at the different phases of your cycle, mm-hmm. um, different movement, different activity that you might want to be doing. Uh, if you're not the type of girl that wants to do the same exact type of workout throughout the entire month. Uh, we're going to be talking about sexual activity, why your sexual drive differs throughout your cycle and, and things, how to have a healthy ovulation, because Mm -hmm. if you don't have a healthy ovulation, it's, it all hangs on the ovulation more so than the period. You can have a period and still not ovulate, Mm -hmm. but if you're ovulating, then the whole system is working. System is a go. (laughs) All systems are go. Yes. In the meantime, you guys can rate, uh, review, and follow us. Share with your friends. Follow Mm -hmm. our Instagram page. Just help us grow this podcast. All the things. Yeah. Obviously, we're very open to feedback. Let us know how we can serve you better, what kind of topics you'd be interested in hearing on, anything that you'd have been wanting to learn yourself. And yeah. This show is intended for inspiration and entertainment and is not meant to replace your physician's medical advice. Music by Moon Blue. Editing by Alina Salsa. Mm-hmm.